0: great to have you all here tonight. Uh, we're really happy you, you chose to join us. My name is Van Cochran. If uh, you're new here, I'm, I'm the senior pastor, and uh, I'm just excited to see you all come out tonight. Uh, in, in case you don't know, we're just concluding a seven-week series called Power Outside the Walls. And uh, as a church body, we feel particularly called to uh, what, what we call power evangelism. And in thinking about ending this conference, I couldn't think of anybody better than Chad Debman to have here. So, uh, aren't you happy that Chad is here tonight? Let's thank him. Welcome him right now, yeah. Uh, We had Chad here uh, the first time, probably in 2000, I'm going to say 13, maybe 14. And uh, that was right at a turning point for us as a church. It was when we were making the decision to press more and more and more into Holy Spirit ministry and healing ministry. And so having Chad here on a Friday night uh, was really part of helping to launch us that direction. And and one of the great things about having someone come in like Chad and minister is not just the stuff that happens in people's lives while they are here with their team, but what happens in the heart of the church. And there's always a deposit left in the heart of the church. And I believe Chad left a deposit here in, in uh, those four or five years ago that has really borne fruit. And we're just so excited to have you back, man. And, and let's go for it more, okay? Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that they commented about Chad afterwards, uh, not, not only, you know, the message and the prayer and all of that, but how Chad honored the students that he brought with him. And, and he really did. He had them up front and really treated them with respect and honor and, and really elevated them, lifted them up. And that, that says an awful lot about a man. Now, we are going to receive an offering, and uh, we, don't, we don't charge an admittance for these conferences that we do, but we do receive a love offering. So everything you give right now is going to go to Chad. Uh, Chad, if you get any $100,000 checks, let's talk afterwards, okay? Yeah, yeah. Now, you make the checks out to Vineyard Church Northwest, and whatever we receive in this offering will go go to him. And uh, you can also give on the Vineyard Northwest app. We have a line there that is for guest speaker, so you can do that. And uh, I just say, let's be generous. Let's sow into his life and into his ministry. Provide for him and his family um, but as well. I think it'd be great if if we had such a big offering, these couple of nights, Chad's here, that not only do we provide for him and his family, but we pay for him to make a trip somewhere in the world that couldn't afford to have him come. So I think that'd be awesome. So let's, let's be generous, and ushers, come on down. Uh, the way we do it here, there are baskets on the far left side of your row. So if you pick that basket up and pass it across, if you are the furthest person over, grab the basket and pass it across, and then. So, at this point, I'm real happy to in- introduce Chad to you. Have him come up and uh, le- lead us through the rest of the evening. And whatever God has for us, Chad, come on up and bring it, okay? Let's welcome Chad.
1: Yeah, I could, I could just use it. It's on now. Rob and I flipped it off. All right. Well, um, while I'm doing this, why don't we have our students come on up here? All the Bethel students. And Rainer. Yeah. Yeah, you guys could do whatever. We could go down. What do you guys want to do? Let's let's go down. I'll go down. All right. Is this thing working now? No, check. No? No, see. You guys just caught wind of this and then thought. uh, I just thought it would be good to just start off this conference by just moving in the prophetic and just kind of going for it. And, you know, miniature time is all the time right like i'll I'll introduce myself in a little bit but first we're just gonna allow the holy spirit come and we're just gonna move in the prophetic see some people get healed and that's how we're gonna start it off so we don't have to wait you know for me to get done speaking for god to show up we just god's gonna show up all the time like all the time is ministry time so uh holy spirit we just thank you for what you're doing in this city, in this region, uh, for everyone that's in this room, I pray, Lord, that they would feel activated, equipped, and ready to step out and take risks and watch God show up and have fun doing it in the process. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would just rock us this evening, rock us tomorrow, and uh, Lord, just I'm just giving them some time to pray. <laughs> Who wants to go first? There
2: you go, well, the Lord has told me yesterday that seriousness is not a fruit of the spirit for me. <laughs> and uh, I've just been laughing. But there was a young man up front uh, who's worshiping. He had a, um, a necklace on. I don't know where he went. Um, yeah, yeah, right. I saw the Lord place a crown on your head. And um, then I just heard computer, computers just uh, in my mind. So um, I just, I bless what the Lord, uh, what was your name? Josh. Josh, Josh I just bless um, uh, what the Lord is doing tonight, crowning you. And um, if it's, um, I just bless the computers if that's for you. Um, I just thank you for Josh's life. For the King that He is, Lord. Yes, Lord. Bless Josh. Thank you. Um, and then I also heard um, a Tom and Linda. A Tom and I don't know if there's a Tom and Linda. Um, <laughs> and there's a. Li- okay. Um, let me go with Tom first. This was last week when I was asking the Lord to give me a word for uh, this church. And I heard him saying, uh, Tom and, and Linda, that the prayers that you've prayed, that there's interest on those if they haven't come. Well,
1: maybe this is for Tom and Linda. They don't have to be connected. Yeah. Toms in the room. could be. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I just really felt him saying that the prayers that you that haven't come to pass there's interest on those it's building interest that if it's not happening now it's it's going to be given to you in heaven and just just to hold on to that just for this for all of us that our prayers are building interest interest it's going to be paid out because in the courtroom god owes that to us that is our right and there's interest accruing on that so bless you guys. Thanks for letting me share.
1: Let's hit it. Let's hit it a little bit more. Just the Toms and the Lindas stand up. Toms and Lindas. So we just get a good idea. So it is only one Tom and Linda. Okay. So it's a Tom and Linda. Um, that's good. That that encouraging. That's encouraging, right? You have a Tom and a Linda. Linda, go ahead and stand up. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like we need to pray for you guys that, uh, what he was talking about with just the prayers that you've been praying and, uh, that I really believe you're coming in like this prophetic word that he has, that he's been praying all week for Tom and Linda is that you guys are coming into a season of breakthrough, that there's been prayers that you've been praying for maybe years or, or for past seasons. And I feel like this is a season of breakthrough for you guys. So everyone just stretch your hands towards them. And, uh, Lord, we just thank you for Tom and Linda we just thank you, Lord, that um, all the prayers that they've been praying, the intercession that they've been, you know, contending for. I pray for a breaker anointing to be on them and that you would begin to just fill them up with your presence and that you would take them to whole new levels. And Lord, we just thank you for Tom. I just thank you for the spirit of wisdom that's all over him. And uh, <clears throat> and Lord, that you would begin, he, he would begin to just release. I just see you dressed up as Santa Claus and giving away gifts. Like, like you're a man of generosity and, uh, and I see you just like giving away and it's almost like you'd love to give away more than to receive and you're just going to be someone who just gives away gives away and uh and there's something about you just giving away gifts to like the next generation and I just thank you Lord for the inheritance that he carries and that you just begin to just fill them up and you take them to whole new levels and Lord just rock Linda just bless Linda and Lord I just Linda uh, do you need healing at all uh there's a healing angels. By you, and I don't know if you need healing or if you're just called to just release healing to other people. Um, I'll take one. <laughs> yeah, or you can take both. Not either one, both. What What do you need healing for? Um, oh, there's it's old age. it's <laughs> okay. Where is the? What's the worst pain? What What's the condition that's causing like the worst? Well, right now it's re- reflex stuff. Uh huh. That's probably the worst. That's okay, well, let's pray for you. So, Lord, we just thank you for Linda. We just thank you, Lord, for the word that was released. The prayers that she's been praying are about ready to come to pass. That that The, the prayers for healing. And I just thank you that I just saw this healing angel right beside her. And that she's going to move in healing. She's going to pray for people and they're going to get healed. But right now I pray, Lord, that, that arthritis would bow to Jesus. Lord, just um, anything going on with, with digestive and just uh, acid reflex, we just say uh, peace right now peace right now there you go that's right you're good there's a chair right behind you you're doing so good lord just fill her up and just just i just thank you for the healing and anointing that's all over her. total peace was there any pain going on before we prayed yeah so it was mildly is there any pain going on right now none like like so it was mild now it's none come on jesus that's awesome that's so cool. Uh, there's Tom and Linda.
3: Hi, I'm David. Uh, I think I got a word for you. What's your name? Frank. Frank? Will you stand up? Um, I just... Uh, you were highlighted before during worship, and uh, I think uh, God is going to upgrade you in the prophetic. Uh, I think... I don't know if if you kind of feel that your prophetic words aren't as good as you want, but I I just feel that God uh, says that you are doing so good and uh, you're going to get an upgrade. Uh, Your prophetic words are going to be so accurate and you're going to see so much fruit of it. Uh, both in the church, in the family, but also in the workplace, wherever you are, Lord, just bless Frank, uh, bless his, uh, bless his life, uh, and we just bless his prophetic gifts, and that uh, uh, he will, uh, you will help him to steward it in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I. I Got um, the name John. (laughs) Are there any Johns here? (laughs) Cool, right? Cool. Uh, I just felt you know, uh, in the Bible, names mean something. In our culture here, they're just name, but I I do believe names are are prophetic, and and um, uh, John means. God is God is gracious. God is merciful, and also think about John, the the disciple that was nearest to to uh, to Jesus. I, I do believe that you are you have an amazing love for Jesus, and that God honors you for that, and that you shouldn't demean yourself for uh, for that. Just go for it even more. Just love him and he'll show you so much fruit of it. Thank you, God, for John. Bless him. Bless him. Bless his love for you and give him so much fruit. Amen.
4: Hey, y'all. Huh. I'm Rayner. I'm originally from Alabama, live in uh, Redding. My wife and I just moved our family out there. Um, so honored to be here, um, Micah. I just met you in the hall. Um, <clears throat> stand up, please. So, <laughs> so Micah is your name, but in <clears throat> you know, Micah found in rocks. M I C A. Are you C A H? Okay, so. Mica is found in rocks commonly, and so I just had to look it up because I 'm like God, what does that mean? You know I knew that, but so when you look up and read about mica, it says the two main components of it are a silicone and oxygen, and what the Lord wants you to know is that you bring people together, and when they do, they can breathe and so God just wanted to, really wanted to to honor you what you're and what you 're doing and like I said, I know I just met you i don 't even really know what you do here, but I feel like he's just so pleased. <laughs> I know it's amazing, though. He's so pleased with how you love for people around you. And, and through that love, they come, they come alive. They can breathe. And, and I think when they meet you, they're like, man, where have you, where have you been my whole life? Um, also, another, another cool thing about the mica and rocks is that um, it's oftentimes what catches our eyes, the shiny part of a rock. And I feel like that's two. That means two things for you. God really just says you're like one of His shiny ones. Like He can look at you and be like, "There he is." There, he is. like pick you out so easily in any environment that you're in. But also, it's like you have this glimmer in your eye, and that's one of the things that I think attracts people to you and makes them feel safe around you. Is they just they get around you, and they don't understand the you know the the spiritual truth of the coming together and being, you know, coming alive and breathing, but they can look at you and there's kindness and love and compassion in your eyes and they immediately feel safe and they immediately feel loved by the father. And so I just want to, um, just bless you and pray for you. Um, father, just thank you for Micah. Thank you for everything, uh, that he does here. Um, especially the things that go unseen or that may be behind the scenes, um, the places that he pours out his heart, uh, that he may not get a thank you for, or, Uh, a good job for, and I just honor him for um, being tireless in the secret place in the best way, Um, that he just stewards his joy and his peace and his love and compassion so well. Uh, And God, that's why you can trust him with people, um, because you know that he will take care of them and that he will uh, love on them in the way that you would love on them. So I just bless you, Micah, and just, um, man, keep shining. You're amazing. Amen. All right, where's my bass player? What's your name? Daryl? Yeah. I just, I, I saw you, we came in kind of partway through worship and I just saw you up there and like the Lord immediately um, just put you on my heart and, and I just watched you play for a little bit and, um, you know, I love watching worship bands and bands in general just do their thing. I would love to be a better musician. I grew up playing piano and would love to play more instruments. But you know the thing about a bass player is that you're, you're kind of like an unsung hero. A lot of bands probably take their bass player for granted, not saying this one does. but you know, the bass the line is the bottom line. If the bass line's not right, the whole thing's off. It sounds funny. You keep rhythm, you do everybody's job in a way. And I just want to honor you because, you know, you're like a rock, man. You you just I don't know you but I want to give you a big hug. Like I just feel safe around you. Like I feel like I just I feel like I could just sit down and watch it. Yes, yes. I love hugs. So uh, I love hugs. Somebody told me one time I had a hug anointing. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, I'll take that one. So um I forgot where I was. You're just, man, you make you make the you make everything okay. And and I don't know how old you are or how long you've been playing, but you know, I can appreciate that some of this worship and some of the style that you may play may not be your groove and it may not be what you play, you know, grew up playing. But I just want to honor you because you I can tell how selfless you are. Selfless you are. And <laughs> strike that from the record, right? I can tell how selfless you are and just how much you love playing and you love the presence of God. And so when those students come together, it doesn't matter what the music is. You just love being in the presence and playing your bass guitar. So I just want to honor you with that, man. And I appreciate the hug. Thank you. Love you. All right. Ooh. Um, I'll be it, giving out hugs. Anybody want some? Is there a Cindy in the room? Cindy? Does it, Cindy? Okay. Do you bake? Do you like to cook or bake? Okay. That's all good. So when I heard the name Cindy, I don't know if you have it at your mall, um, but there's a there's a place that's at the mall at home where I grew up called Cindy Cinnamon Rolls. Have you heard of that? It's like Cinnabon or you know any kind of it's a very maulish bakery if I if I can say that. But I heard the name Cindy and I heard Cindy cinnamon rolls. And I think what the Lord wants you to know is just like you are you are such a sweet carrier of his presence. And this He's like, you are ooey gooey to him. <laughs> and I think I don't know if that's how you feel towards him, but like he looks at you and he's like, you are such a picture of sweetness and comfort and, um, just ooey gooey. I don't know how to put that in any other way, but like you make his heart feel ooey gooey and you make people around you feel better and feel more included and feel more, um, ooey gooey. So that's your word, but let's just, I just want to bless you. Cindy, I just, um, bless you in Jesus name. I just thank you for, um, just even more tenderness and sweetness, even more, um, uh-huh that you bring people into your home uh, just the sense of like hospitality the sense of of wanting to serve people uh, you love through serving um, is what is what the Lord will show me through the baking thing and it's just like you always want to you want to take care of people but not because you lack anything because you have such this uh, this reservoir that it, it, it has to come out. That's the ooey-gooey. It has to just squeeze out, and it, it can't be contained to one pan, to your pan. It's it's this, this love that you just exude, whether you try to or not, people are around you, and they feel at home, and they feel taken care of, and they feel loved, and they feel uh, like you're like the sweetest person on earth, is what a lot of people say about you. So uh, just bless you, Cindy, in Jesus' name. Amen.
5: Hi, everyone. My name's Melissa, and I'm from Australia, hence the weird accent. (laughs) Um, I have a word for Jamie. Yes? Um, You can stand up. (laughs) I was just standing behind you in worship, and I actually didn't realise it was you when I got the word until you turned around. Um, But I kept hearing Rapunzel, and I don't know if you like Disney or if you're into Disney movies or princesses, and you may not be, but... um, I just I just had this sense that you've been drawing people to you like your your sweet voice and your your presence has been drawing people to you and that God's about to set you loose that instead of just drawing people to you you're going to be like like in uh, what is it tangled where they release the lanterns and that those lanterns are being set free and it's it's going to go out and like not only are you drawing people to you but now you've been set free and those lanterns are going to go out and touch people that would never have heard your voice before. So um, I just, yeah, I just really feel like your your influence and your your voice and your sweetness is, is just going to extend um, from this point on. So I just bless that. Lord, I thank you for Jamie. I thank you so much for the influence that she's been on so many people around her. And I just thank you that that's going to increase from now on, God. I thank you that you're setting her free, that you're setting her voice free, that um, there's just going to be so much of you all over her that it's just getting released and going into the far off corners and touching people that she didn't even know that she could touch before. So I yeah, just bless her life and I just yeah I just pray that you to fill her with more of yourself and give her encounters with you and yeah that she just feels your sweet presence on her life as well. In Jesus name. Um, and I had another word. I was. Literally trembling most of the time through worship, and I was asking God what it was for. It's not uncommon for me, but still. <laughs> and I just really felt like He was—he's—he's he's shaking something here this weekend. Like there's a real trembling, and the ground is trembling, and that He's starting something in Cincinnati that's spreading out from this church, and that that the, the rumbles and the trembles are just gonna go from people's feet like through the ground. Uh, just up through their bodies, and they're going to feel the Holy Spirit, and that it's going to set them on fire. And it's yeah, it's just something special that He's doing in this church, and it's just going to spread. So, yeah, just bless God's work in your, all of your lives and everywhere you go. Just realize that you carry His presence so strongly, and that it affects the people around you as well. And just believe that because it does. And He's just releasing something special through you. And yeah, giving you more this weekend as well. Um, and I'm going to take a risk. So I haven't really done this before, so lucky you. <laughs> Is there a Kevin here at all? Oh, oh, you have short blonde hair. That's awesome because that's... Really <laughs> okay. Um, oh, there's a Kevin over here as well. Short brown... Oh, another cabin? Well you can all stand up, I guess. <laughs> I I had like short blonde and brown hair. So blonde slash brown hair. <laughs> so that's by, Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um <laughs> I was just on the plane asking God for something and this is what I got. I, I just felt of I th- I um I thought of the minions when I heard Kevin, and I—I I actually felt like you had dominion over darkness, and that that like the minions that you bring joy and laughter, and that God loves your jokes, and the fact that that you're a joker, and um, it's it's the laughter and the joking that breaks that power of darkness, and that's why you carry dominion is because you carry joy, and. Yeah, just the joy of God breaks the dominion of darkness. So, yeah, I just bless that in you. I thank you for that in your lives. I thank you, um, thank you, God, that, that you love joy, that you love fun, that you love joking, and that you love that on these guys' lives. And, yeah, I just bless that in them and that they would just touch many people and break the darkness over people's lives because of the joy that they carry.
6: Hello, I'm Carrie. So I have a corporate word as well that kind of goes along. Um, I really feel the hunger in this church um, just as I was just praying and thinking about you guys. And I feel like God's going to do something new here. And so um, I also feel like um, a corporate word for all of you is you love each other so well. And I just feel like don't despise the simplicity of the gospel either. Um, you love so well that you are spreading kingdom and, um, it's just, and it's super powerful, but I do feel like he's doing something new. So I'd love for everybody to put their hand on their stomach and say, God increase my hunger. Yeah. And thank you for doing something new. Yeah. So you all can receive it. Um, I also got a word for you as well. And I feel like there's even like honor because I feel like you're really hungry. And that's why God's highlighting you twice. He's honoring your hunger. And, um, I saw you as an evangelist and just as he was saying that, prophecy is going to increase on you. What I saw you is walking down the streets and I see that you're super approachable, that you can go to anybody and like people feel comfortable and you have this way of just talking to people and just saying like, this is the way it is or, and they listen to you. And so it's a gift that God's given you. And um, I'm super excited about the prophetic increasing on you because I can see your heart. And that's what you want. You want those words that just cut right deep. And so I just wanted to bless you like in your evangelism gift and just in prophetic. And um, I also saw music on you. Do you do like worship? Yeah, I saw worship. So um, can I just pray for you for increased creativity? So Lord, just increase creativity over him. And thank you for his heart for worship. Just give him encounters, Lord. Just encounters at night. And just come on him more, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Um, I also, I feel so bad because I met so many people. All the names are like jumbled in my head. Um, But um, the man who was playing guitar leading up here, and he was the first person. Yeah. Tyler. Is he here? Okay. (laughs) I'm terrible with names. (laughs) Hi, Tyler. (laughs) So um, I just saw you as a father, and you're such a good father to this house. So I just wanted to honor you as a father. I even felt like there was even something prophetic in the sense that you you kind of— whatever happened, but you're, you're like, I'll take responsibility for that. Like you just father people so well. And I just feel like I, what I saw was like a wake behind you. Um, just as you come in contact with people, people are really touched by you. And I don't think you understand the impact that you have. Um, just you being you and you just fathering people that you're actually spreading the kingdom a lot and just being a father, which is, I mean, one of the greatest aspects of God. So I just bless you as a father and thank you for your heart. And yeah. So, yeah. So, since everybody took a risk, I'm going to take a risk too. Um, I heard April 17th. Does that mean anything for anyone? (laughs) All right. Is it your birthday? That's amazing. That's the first time I've done that. So... (laughs) I know (laughs) taking risk. Um, can I have you stand up? Sure. What's your name? Jordan. Um, I actually, when I thought of April, I thought, um, diamond because that's the birthstone for April. And I just feel like you, you are like a diamond to God. You're precious and you're, um, you're cut like so perfectly and just like, um, yeah, just like how a diamond has many like yes. I'm, I'm like a lost for words, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so um I also felt like there was something on the 7, so 17, April 17th. 7 is um God like completion and he said is good. I just feel like you're like a diamond to him and that he's like you are so good like I am just so well pleased with you. So, um yeah, I just Jordan, bless you that God keeps cutting you um, into like more angles of the diamond that you shine more and more and that you um, glorify his presence and his beauty even more. And I thank you that you are precious and rare and that he just delights over you and he like loves the way you shine. So
4: Jordan, when you when you said your name, I immediately heard Jordan River. I feel like God's going to use you to take people from this place of captivity into their place of promised land. Like you're going to help disciple and steward people into this place where they've been barren and they go and they find life. And so you're going to be the threshold that God's going to use to help people go from ashes into beauty. So I just bless you, man.
1: All right, since everyone's taking risk, I might as well jump in here. Um, is there a rose here? Rose, rose, okay, yeah. It's a stand-up. No no other roses? This is, the, this is it? Rose, is your, is your name Rose? Perfect. Um, all right, I'll start with you. I just, when you stood up, I was like, I just saw creativity, and like, there's a well of creativity. And also, there is this like deliverance anointing. Like you're gonna, you're gonna clean houses. You know, like like you're gonna. Um, that's what she does. Well, then there you go. There's house cleaning. You know, anointing on you. No, no, like you're gonna actually, you know, clean people's houses. Like, well, I mean, obviously, yes, you are. But I'm also in sozo you're in Sozo Ministry. Okay, yeah. perfect. So there is, there's just this like really strong deliverance annoying on, on you and that you're going to set people free. You're going to see people get completely free and walk. Like there's something about you helping people walk through their freedom as well and get like the mind of Christ and, and, you know, just being able to help identify you do counseling as well. Okay, good. All right. That's, that's See, I'll just keep going and then you just chime in. You just go ahead. You just keep giving me the, you're encouraging me, but, um. But yeah, there's also something about uh, uh, marriage. There's something about you fighting for people's marriages. Um, there's uh, something about you putting in a covenant in the, in the ground, like a, 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 a sword in the ground for covenant. There's something about you. Um, people that feel like they have found disappointment in marriage and, and, and fear and, and not being able to be vulnerable, like you're going to help people get past that. And um, yeah, what's up with October 21st? That's your anniversary. That's when you got married. Okay. So everyone just stretch out your hands towards her. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that, um, that she's called to put a stake in the ground for marriage and that you would just take her deeper and deeper into your heart and that you would just begin to fill her up more and more and that she would have lots of fun with deliverance, lots of fun cleaning people's houses, lots of people doing uh, have a lot of fun doing sozo and counseling, and, Lord, that she would see marriages get restored. She would see marriages get restored and she would carry a healing anointing and that people would get healed physically, emotionally, and spiritually around her, Lord. That that there really is, she's like a walking sozo ministry herself. And so Lord, just fill her up more and more and more. Amen. All right, Rose. What bless you. And so uh and your name's Rose? Your middle name's Rose. That is awesome. Yeah, um I just saw uh Jesus like leading you and dancing like in a field of roses and and like you dancing with Jesus and Jesus loves to dance with you and also there's a call for intercession because I saw you dancing with Jesus and then suddenly uh you were dancing over like uh the, the map of Cincinnati. Like you were like and there's something about you dancing with Jesus and also like interceding for the land here that that there's a real intercessor, like anointing on your life, real prophetic anointing. Like I even see you walking with God, like just hanging out with him and he's going to talk to you as you just walk in the daytime or at nighttime, it doesn't matter where or when. But uh, but yeah, you're going to start hearing God's voice really strong in this next season. And he's about ready to give you dreams. You're about ready to become, like to step into a whole other like dream uh, invitation from the Lord and that you're going to have dreams your whole life, that God's going to speak to you really a, a lot at night. And so, Lord, I just pray that you... Do, what's your first name? Trinity. That you would just wreck Trinity. That you would just fill her up. That, that I, just, I just thank you that it's almost like the, I just see the Father just wrapping you up. And, and you just being like... like there, this is something that you'll probably bring your whole life is childlikeness. You're going to help people discover what childlikeness is. And so, Lord, just wreck Trinity and let her have lots of fun. Amen. Amen. Uh, okay, this is going to be a weird a weird one, but was there somebody here who used to work at an ice cream shop? Stand up if that was you. Used to work at an ice cream shop. Okay. Sweet. Um, yeah, no pun intended on that one. Sweet. Uh, yeah, so I heard the Lord say, uh, I'm... I'm anointing people, well, I'm anointing someone who worked at an ice cream shop. So I'm going to say it's all of you guys. So, uh, why don't all of you guys just come up here and we're going to have the students pray for you? Come on over here. And I feel like, like, when when I heard the ice cream shop, I was reminded of Baskin Robbins, the 31 flavors. And I feel like the Lord is enlarging your tent pegs, those that are standing coming up here. Is He's adding to your, you know, He's adding flavors, He's adding gifts. I guess you will face this way. And, um, yeah. So, Lord, I just pray that you just rock these guys. Go ahead, team. You just start praying just laying hands on them. Lord, just, just, just. Now, how many here wish they worked at an ice cream shop? <laughs> so, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that they would begin just to release just the different flavors of the kingdom, Lord, that reveal God's goodness, God's nature. Lord, that you would just activate and equip these guys. Uh, I was married January 8th. Uh, is there anything like January in, in that time frame makes sense to anybody here that's in this line? January 8th, January around that time? It's my birthday. The night of your birthday? Yeah. Okay. Well, Lord, <laughs> just rock him. There you go. And Lord, I just pray a whole new levels. I thank you, Lord. There's, there's musical notes going all around you. <laughs> And, um, and and it's like the heart of David and that you, you have a song to the Lord and then also you have a song to a generation. And I even see you like worshiping in like street corners or worshiping in different places and people like coming into an atmosphere of the presence of God. And then you moving in words of knowledge and, uh, and seeing radical healings. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would just wreck this guy. And that uh, January 9th, Lord, just him that he would have crazy God gifts on his birthday. And Lord, that you just fill him up with your presence. Lord, just impartation over these guys. Lord, impartation. Let them have lots of fun. You guys worked at an ice cream shop? That was awesome. What ice cream shop did you work at? I worked at Dairy Queen. You worked at Dairy Queen? I love Dairy Queen. Lord, just rock Dairy Queen. Do you work there now? Um, they closed down for the winter. They closed down for the winter. So, Lord, I just pray when he uh, picks back up at Dairy Queen in the springtime, that he would move in radical, out-of-the-box evangelism. That you'd begin to give him words of knowledge. So I saw you, like, working. I knew that you were, like... I, I, I had a feeling that you were working at um, a rest, uh, an ice cream shop currently. and uh, And so I saw you... Uh, working like Dairy Queen. I mean, I didn't see you at Dairy Queen, but I saw you um, like handy people flavors and just telling them simple words and it was words that had changed their life. And uh, and just never despise like when you just give someone a smile like like their their lives are going to be changed forever like you just you're gonna even get strategic words where you're gonna take risk and you're gonna do it with honor and you're gonna like I see you leading people to the Lord I see you praying for healing for people so Lord I just pray that he whenever uh, he gets into the drive through like rotation that he would see people get rocked in the drive through I saw you actually praying for people like through the window into people's cars holding their hands. And them getting healed, and so Lord, I just pray that there would be like an evangelism, like power of God anointing on this guy's life. Lord, just rock, rock him at the ice cream shop. God, that's so crazy. The word of knowledge, but uh, what, January eighth is Elvis's birthday. Elvis birthday. Wow, that's that's awesome. I, that's amazing. Yeah. All right, bless you guys. Yeah, I know. I got married January eighth. Yeah, you were born January eighth. Yeah. Elvis, Elvis. Yeah. Elvis, Elvis. And, uh, my wife and I got married on the same day. That's awesome. All right. Bless you guys. You guys can grab a seat. Um, all right. We're going to, I'm out. Yes, he does. Elvis does like ice cream. I've never met anyone that didn't like ice cream. Okay, you guys. This is me introducing myself now. If you don't know who I am, I'm Chad, and uh, we're from yeah. Thanks. (laughs) We're from Bethel. Um, So excited to be here with you guys, and it really was a special time when I was here, and it was 2014 or 13. And uh, but I remember it being a Friday night, and just just the power of God was here and it was amazing. It was awesome. And so anyways, we get to be here tonight, tomorrow, Sunday morning, and, uh, we're just gonna, we're just gonna have fun. We're gonna do evangelism tomorrow. I would really encourage you to to come and just, uh, it's just amazing to see Jesus get what he paid for. It's a good day to see Jesus get what he paid for. And, where uh, we're, I've been seeing over the last couple of years, this is an evangelism explosion. Just uh, watching, you know, whether it be Awaken Europe or Azusa Now. Uh, anybody here go to Azusa Now? So there's a few of us. Azusa Now was pretty epic. And we had uh, our students, we had 2,500 students, school ministry students, uh, go and do evangelism. And it was pretty fun to watch. We had our own Facebook page and the whole deal. And you just constantly get stories and videos and, you know, people getting up out of wheelchairs and like just this whole week of just blitzing la and seeing healings and salvations and deliverances and so you know if you found yourself not encouraged looking at all that like you have to check to see if you have a pulse still you know it's just like it was just so amazing so encouraging to see you know just hundreds of testimonies like we i think we had uh over 1200 people get healed in the streets like we are in such an amazing time okay so that got a wow kind of a wow from some of you like 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 in 5 days 1200 people over 1200 people got healed and it was never it was never inside the four walls of the church like that's awesome that's amazing and uh, uh I just feel like there's just Thanks. I, I, I go around the world and get so encouraged. I mean, I have a friend in Germany who just bought a van and got a jacuzzi inside of it. And he has baptized over a thousand Syrian refugees. Like, that's pretty amazing. I've got another buddy. Who, who lives in Iraq and he just goes to the mosque after they do their prayer and he says excuse me he just starts introducing himself he goes excuse me I'm here to meet with the man who had a dream about the man in white and he'll usually meet anywhere from two to six people that have had a dream every time the mosque gets let out for prayer like, like that's, that's awesome it's it's amazing what God's doing. And all it all it all it is is just going outside and just ministering. You know, whether it be Iraq, whether it be Cincinnati, whether it be reading, California, like breakthrough doesn't come from sitting on the couch. You know, like like there's something about the go of the gospel, and it's such a, a privilege to to share the gospel of Jesus with people and to share the love of God with people. And yeah, you know, I, I got woken up uh, in the middle of the night and the Lord told me, Chad, there's another Jesus people movement coming. And I want you to begin to learn the language of heaven and then how to articulate it to a generation that's never heard the gospel before. And so I've been on this journey for the last two years of just, you know, going, okay, God, how do we reach, you know, this generation and how, how I feel like there has been such a, a wooing and an invitation to, uh, birth new ministries. You know, when Jesus people movement happened in the late sixties, there was a birthing of all these ministries and, you know, you see worship, for example, like there has just been this sound that has kind of awakened, uh, arisen in the last like four years, five years, whether it be United pursuit or Bethel, uh, uh, house fires, Jesus culture, Hillsong, there has been this, this heart cry, of Jesus, I want to see you. I want to know you. We have songs like We Won't Relent. You know, I, I don't want to sing about you like you're not in the room. I don't want to talk about you, you know, like, like you're not here. But I want to sing right to you. Yeah. 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 Like that's the heart cry of a generation. I mean, you know, United Pursuit is simple gospel. That song, Simple Gospel. I remember, uh, actually, it was... Last April, I was in Denver, and um, I like to stretch. You know, as I've gotten older, I've found that stretching is a very good thing. My wife is, uh, she, she stretches quite a bit. And so she's helped me, uh, as I've gone through a couple like injuries of learning how to stretch. So I have this one stretch and we were in the parking lot. It was only like 40 degrees outside. And my friends were running in there to get this breakfast. That is amazing breakfast spot in Denver called snooze. If you ever find yourself in Denver, go to snooze. It will change your life forever. But anyways, uh, they were running in there, and I was going to take a quick 10-minute stretch break, and then we were going, taking the food over to the pastors, and we are going to eat, and then I will going to speak. And so, anyways, I'm doing, I've got the doors open. It's 40 degrees out. It's like 8.30 a.m., and and this guy's walking by, and I've got simple gospel blaring, but you know, Will Reagan. And I'm doing, like, one of these, like, stretches, you know, and the guy comes over, and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, this is simple gospel, man. It's just a simple gospel. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, it's a song. It's called The Simple Gospel. But have you ever heard of The Simple Gospel? And he's like, no. I'm like, you ever heard of Jesus? And he's like, well, isn't he some kind of religious figure? And I'm like, well, no, he's, he's my best friend. And he's the son of God. And he's like, really? Whoa, I'm, I never knew Jesus was the son of God. And I, he was 26 years old and got to lead him to the Lord. It was amazing. And... Over the last year and a half, uh, I've had the privilege of leading uh, those that are in there. And it's been just interesting. The Lord actually just, he began to invite me and say, hey, just watch what I'm getting ready to do. I'm giving you language for a generation. And over the last year and a half, I've seen 83 people get saved that are ages like 20 to 30. It's been amazing. And, it's, and it's, what's crazy is how many of them want to know who Jesus is. Like they either have never heard Jesus, they've never been to church, or, you know, some of them were like, yeah, we tried that for a while and and it just didn't stick. And then God just gets all over them and it's awesome. But it's just, it's been a fun season of just watching people just get rocked by Jesus all over again. And uh, I grew up, my parents were pastors at a vineyard. With uh, the Newport Vineyard and John McClure in the 80s. And uh, then my parents started their own church in Hyatton Beach. And uh, it was a pretty crazy church. I was raised by two evangelists. Like, you know, being raised by two evangelists is like being raised by two, you know, a pack of wild, like, coyotes or something. It's like a wolf pack. And uh, I saw a lot of crazy stuff where we would have anywhere from eight to ten people living in our house at once. They 'd be drug addicts, prostitutes witch witches, and you know I mean it was just it, it was it was very interesting <laughs> growing up. I always remember being thrown in dumpsters as a kid, they, you know the big giant dumpsters, and they would be drug addicts in there or, or people that were drinking heavily, and they would throw me in ten years old, I think they threw me in because I was the smallest, but uh, i would I would leave he was the lord in the dumpsters, so I I kind of grew up in this evangelism world and, uh, and it's been a blast, but then watching, you know, kind of Jesus kind of where you begin to partner with the Holy spirit and you begin to see signs of wonders. You begin to see the power of God and it's pretty amazing. It's pretty awesome what God's doing in the planet and also just really releasing freedom where you don't judge yourself. You don't condemn yourself. You don't shame yourself You don't uh, that that there's just total freedom in Christ and total freedom to take risk that actually it's celebrated. You know, when I was uh, a junior high pastor in 2005 through 2008, we had a culture where we celebrated risk taking. That you went and prayed for someone, no one no one scolded you or told you you didn't you know you don't have what it takes to pray for that person. Like you just were kept encouraged, being encouraged to keep going. And I remember I had my leaders in the van and we were driving up to Redding from Southern California and we were taking about 50 kids and I had about 10 of them uh, were leaders and they were in my van. And so they asked me, Chad, we feel like we plateaued in our walk with Christ. And I'm going, okay, 13 years old plateaued your walk with Christ. So should be an interesting conversation. And they begin to tell me, uh, you know, Chad, we've seen cancer healed. We've we've seen crazy healings. We've moved in the prophetic. We've, you know, gone down to Mexico and built houses. We've done other things, but we feel like we plateaued because Jesus walked on water, and we haven't walked on water yet. And I was like, okay, well we have a, a pool, you know, at my parents' house. We're driving up to Reading, you guys could practice. And so so we would get done with the conference and two of the leaders, you know, the one kid that was sharing, like, hey, I want to walk on water and and his buddy uh, they would go and sneak off to my parents' pool while we we're having like a Holy Spirit party And after the conference and they would hold hands and I'd go sneak out there and just like, like look out there and just be like, oh my gosh, they're, they're going for it. This is amazing. And then you would hear a splash and they're wearing their regular clothes. They were expecting to remain dry. And so they would hear the washer and dryer go through the night and at the breakfast table, I was a really good youth pastor and I'd say, well, if you guys really had faith, you'd have your cell phones in your pockets. then i would tell them, wait, don't do that. Uh, your parents will kill me. But um, it was three nights that they attempted to walk on water and nothing nothing happened in the areas of in the natural. And so the next day on Saturday, we were driving back home to Southern California. So I wanted to make it an event for my junior high group that we celebrate risk-taking. So I, I not told anyone that these two had been sneaking off to go pray to walk on water. And at that point, I said, hey... I told the whole youth group of 50, the, those that came up from the youth group, there's about 50 of them. And I said, I want us to pray for these two because they've been continuing to walk on water. They've been going after something they've never seen breakthrough. None of us have seen breakthrough in, and I want us just to have their back as a community and, and cheerlead them on that. This is what they were born to do, that we would encourage them that they are not at all have failed or anything like that. And we just got around and prayed over them. It was Awesome. And uh, and we drove back home. And Sunday, the next day, we had a beach baptism, and so we baptized everybody. And I was barbecuing. And so it was after the baptism when we were all just kind of celebrating and having fun. The youth group got together, the junior high group, and said, "Hey, you two been continuing to walk on water. Let's contend together as a youth group." They all grab hands. They all go walking out in the water. They all get about chest deep, shoulder deep, and one is still on top of the water, still walking. It's pretty, pretty awesome. Like surfers start coming in, people from the beach start running. They're like, Hey, is this like a new age thing? And they say, no, this is a Jesus thing. And it was, it was phenomenal, you know, but it was people got saved. Thank you. That's, that's, that's the kind of, yeah, let's get going. That is pretty amazing, yeah. It's a twelve-year-old. A twelve-year-old walked on water, you know. And, and that's the thing that encourages me. Is I love it. The people that I'm pouring into, that I hope they go beyond me. And there's no at all insecurity when I heard that that you know it, uh, he he walked on water. I was like, oh, he needs to pray for me. You know, his breakthrough is my breakthrough. Like I'm in need of what he's carrying. And, but it's all about having a culture of risk-taking that you feel celebrated when you take risks that we begin to redefine what success is in the kingdom. That when we take risk, you know, financially and we make an investment and we don't see a return of 8% or higher that, oh, that's a poor investment. That, That we need to understand that success in the kingdom is taking risks, that stepping out of the boat. And that's what success that when Jesus invited the 12 disciples to take a walk with them, only one took the invitation and that one learned so much that you learn about God's nature. When you take risks that he took a walk with Jesus, he took his eyes off of him and fell in the water. And so he learned a valuable lesson. The other 11 disciples didn't get to learn that when he, next time he takes a walk with Jesus he had to keep his eyes on Jesus. Yeah. Thanks. jesus okay i i do I have a good like what thirty minutes twenty five minutes right now, yeah. something like that yeah that 'll be good, okay, all right, so i 'm going to hit something then, but before I do, we do have some books back there, the risk factor that 's kind of what I just talked about, you know John wimber would spell faith r i s k and uh, this is an amazing book to help you take risk. And really, what I'm talking about this weekend uh, is just taking risk. And the fact that that all of heaven that is, when you take risk, all of heaven celebrating you. And that's what success looks like. And that. Uh, um, so, anyways, uh, my wife and I we did a trip around the world for 18 months. We have some crazy stories in there about that. And then this is what I'm going to talk about just for the next 30 minutes is uh, this is a Lonnie Frisbee book. Um, It's a pretty amazing deal. My buddy, Roger Sachs, he knew Lonnie really well, and Lonnie gave him all of his journals and said, hey, I want you to write a book, and God will tell you the right time to write this book. And so it took all of his journal entries, and then he pieced it together. And it was about five, six years ago, the Lord told Roger, write the book, when he's been sitting on it for like 20 years. And, uh, I feel like, you know, with the encounters that I've had and just, just kind of being around the church in the last couple of years, there has been this, this undercurrent of, man, there's about ready to be another Jesus people movement. And I feel like what you guys are doing to prepare, you know, outside the walls conference is, is amazing. This is where we are going as a church, is that we're going with this place of love. This place like like first of all, let me just hit this. Gosh, there's so many things I want to hit, but but just there I wanna break off any lie that says that you know you're not an evangelist, you're not called to go and like preach the gospel. Like no, we're all called to be as witnesses. We're all called to to go to be the go of the gospel and then begin to learn your voice, begin to learn, you know, your flavor and how how you're able to do like love on people with honor. And, and, and not just to take one like way to do it, but to embrace many ways to reach people, you know, that, that there's be strength. Some of us, you know, in the gifts of the spirit, some, we lean towards others naturally because we're naturally stronger in some, like, but that doesn't mean that you remain weak in the others. That you begin to grow. You know, I'm going on to the risk factor thing, like, like the risk factor deal. Like, I I have this written down in there where I remember working out for the first time. You know, finding the the weight room, discovering the weight room, and my first time ever working out was like three hours long, and I worked out every muscle group, and I was so sore the next day. And my body was screaming at me, Chad, you were not born for the workout room. Like, look how much pain you're in, all that stuff. But you understand being sore communicates that you're getting stronger. And so in the kingdom, God's presence is the safest place because that doesn't translate to being comfortable. But the whole purpose of all this is that it's this passion of like you being hit with the love of Jesus and wanting to release the love of Jesus everywhere you go. That, that you get hit by his love, and then you get transformed by his love. And so I'm just going to hit this really quick, is it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And I'm going to go over some evangelism stuff uh, tomorrow morning. But right now, just turn with me to Ephesians 1. And I just feel like this is kind of going to set the, the table for this weekend, for this conference. Ephesians 1, verse 13. In him you also. Boom. Done. See how quick that was in him. You also, I meditated on this for about a good five months. Just this alone for five months straight in him. You also, is anybody else excited about that? Like in Jesus, you also, Like, it's not you getting leftovers, it's in Jesus, you also, you being grafted in, into this bloodline that is the inheritance of the saints, that that Jesus is our older brother. I mean, this is amazing. In Jesus, you also. Verse 13. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation in him, when you believed were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, he is the down payment of our inheritance for the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. Isn't that amazing? Verse 17, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious father would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so you may know what is the hope of his calling. And I'm telling you, I feel like this should be our greatest prayer in the church right now. A prayer of of the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. In the knowledge of Jesus. I'm not going to go on, you know, dwell on this too much, but, you know, ever since, like, 2006, 2007, there's been some weird theologies that have kind of, like, creeping in uh, to the church or, you know, you rather whoever you follow on social media, like, you know, just... Whether it be hyper grace, like where you're abusing grace and I'll you know, talk to some people and I'm like, oh, it's all the grace of God. I'm forgiven. You know, I live with my girlfriend. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And, you know, I'm already forgiven. And I'm like, oh man, that's, 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 uh, that's not, that's not the best choice, but, um, okay. That's, uh, I wouldn't call that grace, but, uh, But then there's, you know, that kind of stuff going on. And then there's all this talk about is there hell? Is there not a hell? And, and I had a good friend of mine kind of blow up his life and, uh, in 2015. And, and you know, where he was like, Wow, that's that he could be a biblical false teacher. And uh, and he and he was a really good friend of mine. And so I was just really wrestling with the Lord and I'm like, Lord, what is up with all this like theology and all of your own stuff? And the and the Lord says to me, Chad, isn't it crazy? Like if there's all this counterfeit stuff happening, how much more is the real thing about ready to be released? That that if there's yeah. And so I was just like, God, what is it? Like, why are we you know, spending so much time and verbiage trying to articulate the boundary lines of the outer courts and the wilderness when I don't want to be familiar with the outer courts or the inner courts that you died on the cross for me to go into the Holy of Holies. Like what if we just focus on the Holy of Holies and focus on, you know, Christ, you know, in you, the hope of glory that, that we begin to bring that to the world. We become so familiar. Like if you want to expose in the banking world, expose counterfeit currency, you have your, your tellers become so familiar with the real currency, the authentic currency. So we should be the most you know, aware of the real currency of heaven. Become so familiar with Jesus and pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. It's about discovering Jesus. You can only give away what you have, and I believe that the church is about ready to have a radical encounter with Jesus. That so that we'll even have more to give away into the world. But it first comes that me and her we're together, and uh, but it's true. Like we need to understand the world is on a journey that that there's a generation of millennials that are on a journey of wanting to know who God is. I don't have time to go into it all, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, you know, Iceland, 99% of those 25 years and younger believe that God didn't create the planet. And so something to me goes, man, I want to go to a youth conference, like put on a youth conference in Iceland. Maybe we only have like six people in the beginning, but it's got to get way crazier, you know, as, as we, as we go on, I maybe mean, like there's just the, there is a generation that's longing to know and discover who God is. And that it first starts with us having encounters with him and then giving that away that the only way you could become an encounter for your city is when you first have an encounter with him. You have an encounter with him and then you become an encounter. And I'm telling you, there is this spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. that I just feel like this is going to be our greatest prayer in the church. Is the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. I was getting ready to preach at Bethel on a Sunday night and I was going to preach on, you know, how to be a revival center and how to be a person full of hunger and faith. And, and, and the Lord says, Chad, it's no longer okay to say you didn't have another brother growing up. And a little bit of history on me is I had another brother. Uh, I never met him. My mom had a stillborn birth and his name was Michael. And that's my middle name. And so I always wonder what would it be like if I had an older brother? What would it be like to play sports with my older brother? You know, when I got married to do double dates, you know, with my older brother and his wife. And it wasn't like it was always, I was always thinking about it just every now and again, like, man, what would it be like if I had an older brother? And the Lord says to me, Chad, it's no longer okay to say you didn't have an older brother growing up. You did. His name is Jesus and next thing I know I'm in my high school locker room and it's Friday night game night. I played basketball on, uh, in high school and they are announcing the starting five and they, I'm one of the names. And so I go running through the tunnel out in the gymnasium and there's the gymnasium and there's banners and it says most points scored in a game, Jesus Christ, most rebounds in a game, Jesus Christ, state championship, Jesus Christ. And, and there's Jesus, the father, Holy spirit, Uh, All my friends and Jesus pointed at me from the stand saying, it's your turn. I mean, this is, you know, John 14, 12. Those that believe in me will do the same works as I do and even greater works. You'll see because I'm going to be with the father like tag. You're it like, you know, Jesus has already gone before us and played in the game. He broke records. Now it's time for us to play in the game. And what's amazing is he's our older brother. Like, did you, anybody play sports in here where you would hear that, where it's like, Oh, you're so-and-so's little brother. Like I never had it directed towards me, but, but I would have it with other friends I played, you know, basketball with or, uh, and different sports. Like, Oh, you're so-and-so's little brother. Well, you're on the starting five because your older brother broke records. Like I would hear that. And then having this encounter of like, Oh wow. Like Jesus is our older brother. He's gone before us. He's broken records. And now he, you need to understand he set you up for success. When you become a new creation, you get grafted in to, to be Jesus, little brother, little sister, and the spirit of adoption comes on you. And now you have been commissioned to advance the family business. And that's why we take this outside the walls as you've been commissioned to advance the family business. Jesus, Jesus. You know, I love getting a pulse of where the church is at. You have Ephesians four, right, where it's this—you know—the the fivefold ministry, the, and the the fivefold gifts, and how we identify the fivefold right now is awesome. We identify them by how they're equipping the church that they're equipping the church for evangelism. Like Todd White, he's an evangelist. He's equipping people, activating people to do evangelism. Sean Bowles, you know, Chris Fountain, like these prophets, they're equipping and activating people to move in the prophetic. And that is one of the first indicators of the functions of a five-fold minister is that he would equip the body of Christ and then coming into a spirit of unity, which is telling us this is where we're getting ready to go into is we're about ready to go into a spirit of unity in the church, which I've had a reoccurring dream ever since I was 11 years old of, of a church that is, like, fully unified. You know, just uh, beating all these, like whether it be stadiums or open grass areas and tens of thousands of people and people having their banners and there's me and a couple hundred people on the stage and we're preaching and and i remember grabbing the microphone in one of my dreams and saying hey we're called to pray on earth as it is in heaven and so we're called to model heaven down here on earth and and if you love jesus if you have asked him to be your lord and savior it doesn't matter if you believe you should be baptized in the pacific ocean the atlantic ocean in a warm jacuzzi sprinkled with some water, fully immersed and believe in the spiritual gifts. Like if you love Jesus and he's your Lord and savior, we're going to spend eternity forever. And so let's worship together as brothers and sisters, as family and all the, the banners start going down and all the different denominations and everyone starts embracing. And then suddenly this, this like dimension of God's presence breaks into the room. And it's a dimension I've never felt before. And it was this dimension of God's unity of like the unity of the church, the spirit of unity. And I know I'm living for that day. And so that is where we're going, but that's not the end game. That is not like the bullseye. The bullseye is this, is that we come into a revelation of the full, mature man of Jesus. That is like the sole purpose of fivefold ministers is that, w- that that there would be an anointing for us to begin to discover Jesus, a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. There's more to discover. And there's just something about outside the walls, like, like in order to get more, you've got to give what you have. And so as we give away, as we begin to bring people closer and closer to the love of Jesus... It, it brings you closer and closer to the love of Jesus. I've seen this so many times when you feel like, you know, you're at this place where you're ministering to somebody and you can just feel that invitation in your heart where it becomes softer and you start getting breakthrough and you start getting wrecked, you know, yourself. And that's why I love, that's why I love ministry. That's why I love being a minister is the privilege of, of being the conduit of heaven and praying and someone being, you know, cancer being healed and, or somebody getting on a wheelchair and it isn't just available for them. It's available for you. Like, Like there is something for you to get rocked on, and there's something about going out uh, outside the four walls and bringing the love of Jesus and seeing people get the love of Jesus that makes you more passionate and more in love with Jesus. I love it. As you guys stir me up, where I should maybe share a story. Did I, ever, did I ever share the story about me kind of growing in words of knowledge? Did I share that when I was here last? Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But let's go for it anyways. I, I remember having a season where I said, God, I want to grow in words of knowledge. And uh, my time, like there is no wasted time. For me, I'm always like, I'm a maximizer. So that's definitely a maximizer saying that I just had right there. But... But I'm always, you know, trying to utilize, trying to do something, doing two things at once or, you know, all that good stuff. So I'm like, I, I was living in, in Southern California at the time. And so I drive about 45 minutes to an hour a day. And I'm like, well, I'm in this car. I'm not, I want to be growing while I'm in this car. I don't want to just have it be like dead time. Like I've just got to sit in this car. Just gotta, no, no, I'm going to grow with the Lord while I'm commuting, while I'm driving. And so I said, God, just give me words of knowledge for each person I stop at a red light. Give me a word of knowledge for them give me, and I, and I started off like, I want to know their name. So I'll get them to roll down their window. i would be like, God, what's their name? And like Jim. And then I'd, you know, have 20 minutes to get their attention. They would roll down the window and I'd be like, you know, Hey Jim, how's it going? they would be like, ah, my name's not Jim. And then the light would turn green. I'm like, well, see you later. You know, it was nice meeting you, but I was just growing, you know, just like taking risk and, and just having fun doing it. And, uh, and you know, some, like I went to this one guy, I'm like, uh, is, is your, is your name Dave? And he's like, yeah, it is. And, and he's like, do I know you? And I'm like, no, I don't know you, but your name's Dave. And I'm really happy. And the light turns green. And I'm like, well, bless you, Dave. And, <laughs> and I started getting like some names, you know, like, like Sabrina. And she'd be like waving. Like, do I know you? I'm like, yes, yes, I got it. And then I'd be driving away. And I'm like, God, okay, you got to give me more than just their names. And and so it was uh, It was 8 in the morning, and uh, I pulled up to a red light, and I heard the name Tim, and I saw a guy with a motorcycle, uh, like a dirt bike, going off a jump, and I saw a spine. So I go, hey, again, rolling window. I'm like, hey, is your name Tim? The guy's like, uh-uh. And the guy in the passenger seat goes, my name's Tim. And I go, hey, really quick. I know it's going to be really random, but I sometimes, you know, hear God's voice. And I actually got this picture of a dirt bike and a spine. Do you have an injury? And he's like, well, my buddy here is picking me up from the hospital because I had a spine injury from dirt biking. And I said, and the light turns green. I said, will you please not go? I need to pray for you. And he's like, dude, I don't know who you are, but you just got my name. Uh, I was just in a dirt biking accident. My friend here is picking me up. Like, we're not going anywhere. You pray whatever you want to do. You know, like, so, so I pray and we're blocking the, the road. Like, you know, it's a four lane road. And so we're blocking going one direction. So people are honking at us, giving us words of encouragement. (laughs) And I decided, you know, to pray very quickly. And uh, and I say, you know, now the light's red, so I'm thinking well, we had a little bit of time. So I'm like, Tim, get out of the car and check it out. So he gets out of the car, he checks it out, and he pulls. He had a sweatshirt on. He pulls this crazy uh, brace, this um, uh, like he had under like a I, I don't know what it's called, but it's like a vest or something. He pulls it out and he pulls it off and throws it in the car, and he starts doing jumping jacks. And he's fully healed and he's just weeping and he gets radically saved. You know, it's, uh, it's really comes from this place of encountering the love of Jesus. You know, that, that I remember being a teenager and I watched, I'll never forget this one night. We got to lead a few people to the Lord, and it was so special, so so amazing. And then we were walking back, and I saw this guy who was doing evangelism, who wasn't a part of our crew. This was in Huntington Beach, and he was looking in this balcony, uh, this balcony bar, and he was screaming at them, "Repent!" repent, you know, you sinners and all stuff like God hates you. And like, he's going to send you to hell if you don't get your life right. And I remember being 15 years old and I'm just weeping and I'm just saying, that's not who my dad is. And just this place of like the privilege of representing a God that's full of love, that's full, you know, full of grace and that he comes when he comes, it transforms our lives that we become new creations and how beautiful that is. And it's the privilege of of bringing Jesus, bringing people to know who Jesus is, that it's such an amazing privilege. And everyone is called to do it. And we all need one another that some of us might feel really, you know, like you need to understand fear is a demonic spirit. Fear paralyzes you. It keeps you from stepping into your destiny that sometimes the things that scare you the most are the things that you're called to have the most authority in, you know, Bill Johnson, when he was in school, he actually took an F in public speaking. He went to his teacher in public speaking and said, Hey, before we do our speeches, can I just take an F right now? So I could avoid the sleepless night, the anxiety that I'm going to fail. Anyways. I mean, that guy is an amazing public speaker. And he was terrified. So sometimes the things that terrify you are the things that you're called to have the greatest breakthroughs in. But fear is a demonic spirit. Like faith enables you. And so sometimes I will feel scared and I will actually go, oh, wow, if I'm feeling scared, if I could feel the the spirit of like fear trying to knock on the door of my heart, the opposite of that is God is bringing me into an opportunity for me to step into breakthrough. So I'm going to choose faith and then you just run, you run into battle, you know, you go for it. And, uh, and there's gotta be times when you just put a stake in the ground, you know, that, that I'll never forget. I was in New Zealand with, uh, Joaquin and my wife, Julia, and we just did a healing conference, for four days, I remember seeing this one guy getting up out of a wheelchair. I remember uh, uh, this, uh, there was just so many different healings that happened. This this one guy had bone spurs all over uh, the bottom of his feet and the side of his feet, and they all disappeared. That was pretty awesome. Uh, there was one guy who was missing Achilles tendon and missing a calf muscle, and God gave him a brand-new creative miracle calf muscle Achilles tendon. It was awesome. Um... So it's like, what do you do after, like, an amazing healing conference? You know, we went shopping. So we went to the mall, and we went to the Nike outlet, and, uh, and I get a word of knowledge. I go over to this lady, and I'm like, is your name Claire? And she goes, yes, it is. And I said, Do you have any, a running injury with your Achilles tendon, like, three weeks ago? And she goes, yeah, I did. Well, can I pray for you? No, you can't. And I'm like, really? Like, how did I know your name was Claire? How did I know you had an injury with your kids' tendon? She's like, I don't know how you knew that, but I don't want prayer from you. And I'm like, really? Okay, wow. And then uh, that was like, okay. And then I went to like the next person, had a word of knowledge and nothing. They didn't want prayer. And then I had another person who had a knee brace, didn't need a word of knowledge, just went over to him and said, hey, I saw you have a you know, knee brace. What's going on there? And he's like, oh, I hurt my knee. I was like, can I pray for you? No, I don't want any prayer. And I, was, I looked at Joaquin, I'm like, this is not right. You know, that we've we've got to we we can't leave here until we see somebody get healed. And there's gotta be moments in your life that you put a stake in the ground. And even though like you could justify and you know, like only, only you, you know, your heart in the areas of that moment I could have easily justified and said, well, I just prayed for people four straight, four days straight. I just prayed for people for healing. We saw all these crazy healings. Take the day off chat. No, you never take the day off. Like you, it's just, you just moving out of this place of love, moving out of this place of the overflow of, of the anointing of his presence. And I love to pray for people and and so, anyways, I'm like looking at Joaquin, like, "Hey, we can't leave here until we see somebody get healed." And Julia, this is dinner time. Julia was like, "Well, I've got to eat some food." And I'm like, "Yes, honey. You know, we definitely do. We just we have to we have to see somebody get healed before we leave." And she's like, "All right, I'll be praying for you in the car." So she went to the car, intercede. And me and Joaquin we went to this uh, man who had uh, a, 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 he had like a sling, and so we were talking to him, we're asking him, can we pray for him? And I saw this man with the wrist brace, and I said, Excuse me, sir, with the wrist brace, and he just keeps on walking. I'm like, excuse me, sir, sir, sir on the brown shirt, sir. And he's like, he just keeps walking, and I have to run him down to the parking lot and I put my hand on his shoulder, he's kinda of startled. And I start talking to him and I realize he could barely hear me. And I go, Do you have hearing, uh, issues? Like, do you have hearing, uh, do you, are you, are you partially deaf in one ear or something? And he's like, Yeah, I'm actually 80% deaf in this ear and like 85% deaf in my left ear. And I said, Well, let me pray for that first. And he was a sweet old man from Malta, the island of Malta. And I pray for him and his ears open up and he starts going, Oh my gosh, the traffic, the cars. I could hear the cars. I could hear the cars. And I said, well, let's pray for your wrist. He had a carpal tunnel in his right hand. He, and I said, what couldn't you do before? And he goes, I couldn't do a push-up. I haven't been able to do a push-up in eight years. And I said, well, we're doing push-ups together. And so we did, we did uh, 10 push-ups uh, together, and he was completely healed. And there's just something about putting a stake in the ground that you're called to live out of a place of breakthrough. But the deal is, is you're carrying breakthrough for others. You're carrying breakthrough for your city, for, you know, that it is so important that I'll never forget. Uh, I was praying one day and the Lord said, Chad, do you, do you want me to teach you how to pray? And I said, yeah, that'd be awesome. Teach me how to pray. And he said, lay down on the ground. And I did. And he says, okay, I want you to pray the Lord's prayer. And so I said, our father who art in heaven. And I couldn't get past Our father. I couldn't get past it. And the Lord says, who do you think about when you say our father? And I said, well, I think of your sons and daughters. I think of, you know, the children of God. I think of the church. And he goes, that's not big enough that when you would pray our father, you would have your city in mind that you would think about the next door neighbors that, that don't know me yet. The, you know, the the grocery clerk that you buy groceries from. And, and he said, Chad, I'm going to give you a sign today that this is me, that this is what I'm teaching you. And I'm teaching the church as I'm teaching the church, how to take ownership over their cities, over their regions. And that when they would pray in their prayer life, they would actually have everyone in mind. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to see an angel, you know, like uh, Caleb's going to come with like scrolls or something like that. Or, you know, Gabriel's coming to give me a message or something. And so I was waiting in expectancy the whole time. And then in the afternoon, Julia said, Hey, can you go to the store? And this is like, this is, this is a while ago. This is about 10 years ago. And so I went to the store and I saw this lady in a motorized cart, and I said, Hey, um I see that you have a huge knee brace there. What happened? She said like, oh, I was walking down the stairs and I fell and I tore uh my MCL, my ACL, uh a few other minor ligaments, and I'm going in here to get food so I could take my pain medication. I'm, I'm in a lot of pain and they cleared me for surgery next week and the whole deal. So I said, well, can I pray for you for healing? And she goes, well, are you a Christian? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. And she goes, well, I'm a Hindu. I don't think Jesus could help me. And I'm like, oh yeah, no, Jesus died on the cross for you to get healed. Like he would, he would love to heal you right now. And so she's like, really? And I said, yeah. So I just put my hands on her knee and I start inviting God's healing presence. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? What are you feeling? She's like, I feel this electricity in my lower back and i'm like god what is like going on your aim is off today or something like it's supposed to be her knee but you always focus on what God's doing, right? You don't focus on what God's not doing. And so I said, well, was there something wrong with your back before we prayed? And she says, yeah, I've had pain there for over 10 years. And I said, okay, well, let's go after that. God's obviously wanting to go after that right now. So we do, and she starts moving her back around. She's like, oh my gosh, there's no pain. And then, I, and then before I could get to, let's pray for the knee. She goes, oh wow, the same electricity that was in my back is now in my knee. And she starts ripping off the brace. And she gets up out of the motorized car and she starts walking. And she said, I didn't know Jesus was like this. I, you know, like my sister's a Christian. She never told me about this. And, and so I, I began to, you know, just like pray over her. She gives her life to Jesus. And I hear the Lord say, Chad, this isn't the sign. This is just a good day. And so I'm buying my groceries, and I hear in the loudspeaker, hey, uh, we have a, an abandoned motorized cart in the frozen food section. Could someone go pick it up? And I was just laughing, going, this is so prophetic. Like... We're going to hear this everywhere we go. You know, there's empty crutches at the bank. There's, you know, all this stuff like, yeah, Christians must have been around here. You know, like, and that's, that's what I love. Yeah. Right. So I'm walking, I'm walking out, uh, in the parking lot and I see this guy with an eye patch and I thought, Oh, this is a pirate. No, I'm joking around. Um, do you guys have Arby's? Uh, so, anyways, I approach him and I'm like, "Hey, man, what's going on?" And I hear the Lord say, "This is the sign." So I was like, just injected with a bunch of faith. I just saw like this lady get healed at a motorized cart, and then I hear the Lord say about this guy with an eye patch, "This is your sign." And I'm thinking, "Oh, yeah, this is going to be awesome." So I asked him, "What's wrong?" And he goes, "I have a detached retina. I've had two surgeries. Just got done with the second one. They said it was a it was a botched surgery. It, it wasn't. It didn't. It didn't take, and I might have to do another one." And so I'm like, "Well, can I pray for you?" And so I prayed for him and. I just was like this thing of boldness came on me and I ripped it off his patch. And so he opens like I rip off the patch, he opens his eyes and or his eye, that he screams in pain. Like like screams. Like looks like I just tortured the guy. And now I'm looking for an exit strategy. Like is there a you know a suburban I could hide behind or, you know, like what what and then I didn't realize it though, but what what happened is the brightness of the sun, the light was so painful, but it took a little bit for his eyes to adjust or his eye to adjust. And then he realized, oh, wow, I could see better out of this eye than my right eye. And so he got fully healed in his left eye from the detached retina, fully healed. And so I hear the Lord say, Chad, to the degree of ownership you take over your city when you pray in your prayer life, the degree of ownership you take that you would have, you know, those that don't know me yet that were made in my image, that, that you would pray with them in mind, our father who art in heaven, that I will open up the eyes of the lost. I, lo- I love it is such, it's such a privilege to bring Jesus to people you know, to reveal the goodness of Jesus. And I feel like we're about ready to get hit with a whole other wave of Jesus. That I'll, I'll, I was at the 20th anniversary of Toronto and with Heidi Baker and Bill Johnson, and we were praying. Heidi was speaking that night, and I was praying with Heidi, and I heard the Lord say, "Chad, there's people here that are 18, 19, 20 years old that wasn't, they weren't alive when Toronto broke out. And they're crying out to me, "Where's our Toronto?" And we're about ready to have just a crazy move of the spirit. And it's so it's it's so encouraging to see how God is just is shaping and forming and, and calling us out. I remember having lunch with uh, Lauren Cunningham about seven months ago. And I just asked him, hey, how many people have graduated through YWAM? He said over 3 million. And I've been studying the Jesus people movement, and it's just, uh, and I've been studying quite a bit before the Jesus people movement happened. I've studied quite a bit the 60s. And it's just so intriguing to see the correlating factors of what God was doing with one generation and what he's doing with this generation. And we're about ready to see an outbreak of of new ministries being birthed, an outbreak of just missions and worship and prayer and evangelism. It's going to be amazing. It already is amazing. But we're called to take him outside the walls. You know, we're called to represent him, to, to represent him to the world. We owe the world an authentic encounter with Jesus. But at first, we need to have an encounter with Jesus. I'm going to read this last part and then we're then we're landing the plane. I'm going to pray over you guys. Ephesians 3 one of my favorite scriptures Ephesians 3, we'll start with uh, verse 16. I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man and that the Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and the width and the height and the depth of God's love. So there's more to discover of Jesus, that he is inviting us, he's wooing us to go into a place of discovery, discovering his love. How deep, how wide, how long is his love? And I believe that this this next move that we're being ready to see is going to be really uh, one of the biggest signs of it will be the spirit of adoption, the Father's love. And just bringing a whole new level of security of understanding our identity as sons and daughters. And how we've been commissioned to advance the family business. But coming from a place of of knowing love, operating from love and not for love, knowing who we are and that nothing is going to shake that, that there's this confidence, and that there's because when you begin to move in gifting and anointing, there will be pressure. And you never want to manipulate God because that's witchcraft. But you operate out of a place of security of, hey, this is an uncomfortable situation, but I'm just going to connect myself to the Lord. And I'm not going to try to bail out through good ideas the way that Saul did. You know, like, hey, we're surrounded by the Philistines. The people are really, you know, they're terrified with fear. I've got an ace up my sleeve, uh, you know, having Samuel come and then he's late. You know, it's like pretty crazy when the prophet's late. Which we all know prophets are never late. They're right on time. And so he decides, oh, I'm going to do a sacrifice. That will get God to come. That's manipulation. Because he was doing it out of a place of, I want to be delivered from this situation. This makes me very uncomfortable. This fear of man thing is stirring up inside of me. So I know how to get God to come and bail me out of this situation. But it was David who was put in hard situations You know, at Ziklag, when the guys that he was leading wanted to kill him, where he strengthened himself in the Lord. And it's so important that we have our own place, our own equity, our own well that we're cultivating with Jesus. And then we show and reveal that to other people around us. I mean, how many times did Jesus ask people, well, who do you say I am? You know, let the fruit from my own life reveal the relationship I have with the father. You know that, that one of the greatest harvests we'll ever see is when we can say with confidence. If you see me, you see the father. If you like hanging out with me, you're going to love hanging out with my dad. If you feel safe around me, you're going to feel really safe around my dad. And So Ephesians three how deep how wide that the Lord is taking us into deeper places with him that we've all maybe tasted the scene of his goodness, but there's more to discover and how I want to wrap that up is i my wife and I have been married it'll be thirteen years in January, and we had our first little girl uh nine years and eleven months before, uh um into the marriage meaning almost ten years of marriage and then my wife brought our little girl into the world. When we found out we got pregnant, we were, uh, super excited. Everyone was telling us, okay, get ready for, you know, this little bundle of joy. And I was reading all these books and getting ready for this little chat and Julia cocktail to come into the world. And I decided to catch my little girl as one of the greatest catches I've ever made in my life. And and so I was the first fingerprints to touch her. And, and I was just so excited about, like, you know, just trying to make room like, okay, hey, I'm my heart. Like people were telling me your heart's going to expand, like your love as a father, you're going to connect with the father God and all that stuff. So I was like getting all ready for that. But no one prepared me for what was going to happen in the delivery room yeah I know I know what you why you would be laughing at that, but that 's not where i 'm going is uh that was amazing I loved it you know so when my wife was in transition and she was giving the brave heart screams, you know all the husbands they know about this right. The, the brave heart scream that like the two floors beneath you heard, you know, and, and, uh, and so anyways, my wife's in transition and she's about ready to bring Braille into the world. And something happens to me where I fall in love with my wife at a, at a level. I've never fallen in love with her before that no one prepared me for that, that here she is bringing our little girl into the world and something, I could actually feel it in the natural, in the physical, my heart expanding, my heart enlarging, my, in my capacity to love my wife. Now, this is 10 years of marriage. We've had a lot of amazing moments in marriage. We've traveled the world for three years uh, nonstop. Uh, well, we traveled for 18 months, took a year off, and then we traveled another 18 months but those were all separate nonstop trips where we never went back to America. We had a lot of crazy stories, a lot of crazy moments. We have a lot of memorial stones, a lot of equity in our marriage and in our relationship. But then suddenly after 10 years and after 12 years, you know, with dating those two years, dating and 10 years of marriage, 12 years of doing like we are sharing an experience we've never had before. And I actually could feel through this experience we're sharing, I could actually feel my heart being enlarged. My capacity to love my wife was beginning to grow and I could actually feel it. And just like Ephesians 3, how deep, how wide, how long is his love, is that I believe that we're coming into a time where we're about ready to have encounters with Jesus, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him, that you would have encounters with him that will actually enlarge your capacity to love him back and would enlarge your capacity to love others around you. And that's what we're going after. And so just stand up with me. And I just want to pray for you is that you'd begin to just share the love of Jesus. I remember talking to Melanie Green about the Jesus People Movement, Keith Green's wife, and I asked her, like, man, what, what was, just tell me a little bit of the Jesus People Movement. And she's like, it was so crazy, Chad. Like, you'd go into coffee shops, you'd go into lunch places, you'd go walk on the beach. Everyone was just talking about Jesus. And I was just like, wow, okay, that's like Amazing. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that our conversations, like we would begin to just talk about you. And that that would be a place, that's a, actually a form of worship, that we would just talk to you every, we would talk about you every day. Lord, that we would begin to have you be on one of our, uh, that'd be one of our things on our lips in our conversations, where we would just talk about Jesus. And I pray, Lord, for an anointing to encounter you, that we would have experiences with you, encounters with you that we've never had before in our journey with you. And that that would begin to enlarge our heart. That would begin to enlarge our capacity. But Lord, as we give away who we are, as we begin to pour out into the, uh, outside the walls of the church, that you would begin to stir up a capacity and a love even more. And Lord, that we would know that we're people of value. That we have something to give away. I just want to just break off anything that's like, that's, that's communicating you're on a spiritual timeout, that you have to have shame. No, you are a person of worth. You are a person of value. And you have something to give away to those out there. And that you have a story. That you have a testimony. You have gifts. You have things that are in your life that people are in desperate need of. And that you would just ooze and share the love of Jesus everywhere you go. But Lord, I just pray right now that you would encounter our hearts, that you would enlarge our hearts, that we would position ourselves and that we would begin to create opportunities for you to reveal your goodness. To reveal the authentic Jesus. The Jesus who is our older brother that set us up for success. Who's interceding for us. Who's cheering us on. I could have the team come up here. I feel like there's just a real healing anointing that's in the room, and uh, and we're just gonna kind of lean in to healing. Is there somebody here? You have pain in your left ankle. Pain in your left ankle. Just wave your hands. Okay, so right there. So Lord, we just release healing presence just to come right now. Yeah, they're gonna pray for you. Is there somebody here? You have um, Jesus. You have Jesus. Uh, you were in a car accident like four years ago, and you have pain in, um, in your back and your neck. Car accident. Is that you? That was this summer. Well, come on, come on up here, and we're just gonna pray for you, anyways. Do you guys have words of knowledge, the team?
4: Anybody else with a car accident or anything associated, any kind of accident, motorcycle? All right. Uh, the Lord told me that car accident, okay. Um, yes. So anybody, um, anybody have a sports-related injury specific to the hip? And that same knee, potentially, and or the opposite shoulder. So, like, if your left hip was hurt, a right shoulder. Any kind of sports-related thing or mismatch in the body that needs healing for that. Yeah. And y'all can y'all can y'all can pray too. You can just extend hands. You got Jesus, like Chad said. That's
1: right. Just keep on resting in that. Lord, we just release just a healing presence. And I want us have the worship team lead us for a second. But can you just, as they just get ready, can you just put your hands on your heart? Lord, I just pray that you would position us. I just really felt like to start off the night is to understand that you guys carry the presence. And that, that I feel like the Lord is going to encounter you guys as you guys go out. And that you can only give away what you have. And I just feel like the Lord just really wants to just establish and just release just an impartation from heaven. And that to recognize and to know that you're carrying the presence of God. And you're giving something away. And so Lord, I just pray that you, we would begin to connect our hearts with you. And that you just begin to just fill us up with your presence. Lord, that we'd just be carriers of your presence. So Lord, enlarge our capacity to love. Enlarge our capacity to love. And Lord, that we just focus on you, Jesus. Lord, that we don't complicate the gospel. We just say we love the simple gospel to know nothing but Christ crucified and the power of God. Now we're going to have the uh, bands play, but if you want prayer for healing, there really is just a healing anointing in the room. So if you want prayer for healing, I'd want you to just invite you just to come up here and we'll pray for you. We didn't need to call out a word of knowledge for you to get prayer. If, if, if you have something that's like, man, I want Jesus to heal this. Come on up here and our team is going to pray for you. Dan, um, I don't know if there's anything.
7: All right, yeah, so stay engaged
1: and come forward
7: for more prayer, more ministry, guys, really releasing stuff like Chad said. But tomorrow morning at 10, we're doing an outreach. From 10 to 10.30, Chad will be kind of giving practical how-tos on evangelism. Man, who feels more fired up to get outside the walls, right? Like, I know I feel. So, tomorrow morning, 10 to 10.30, there'll be kind of practical how-tos. And then we have four different outreaches we're doing in the morning, all kind of varying degrees of, like, risk. So, uh, we're doing treasure hunts, um, a thing called drive-through prayer, which is really... A awesome low-risk opportunity to pray for people outside of church. We're just going to do some street evangelism. We're also going to take out uh, bags of groceries to kind of like in-need neighborhoods and knock on doors and hand out groceries. So there's something for everybody. Whatever your next step is in getting outside the walls, I would encourage you to come tomorrow morning. Come forward for more prayer. Bless you guys.
1: Yeah, and I just released, just as he said that, out-of-the-box creativity for evangelism. Like, just, just try different stuff and just see what God does. But we were just at, star, um, I got a couple of friends of mine in Reading, and we decided to go to Starbucks and just say, hey, we're, in the drive through line, we're to pay for the next five cars for their coffees. And it was crazy because for the next hour and a half, everybody who uh, got a coffee bought for them paid for the car behind them for an hour and a half and it's like we release this like generosity people at Starbucks the workers the employees they were like weeping like we've never seen this before we're like yeah this is Jesus you know like there's just so many different ways to do evangelism and so Lord I just pray for out of the box evangelism Lord just out of the box where you release the kindness of God you release the love of God and so Lord give us creative ways on how to bring your kingdom. So um, come on up here for prayer. And uh, looks like there's a lot of you, so we'll start praying for you guys. Bless you guys. See you guys tomorrow morning. We're going to have lots of fun.